The Nationals have ended a marathon party room meeting on climate policy, but they've failed to land on a position. After four hours of discussion yesterday, Deputy Leader David Littleproud said they need more time to consider the Liberals' plan so they don't get, quote, screwed over again. Okay, well, (laughs) Prime Minister Scott Morrison, that'll certainly frustrate him. He confirmed on Friday he will attend the Glasgow Climate Change Conference. He needs, as a minimum, to be able to declare Australia embraces a firm 2050 net zero target, rather than just having a plan to reach net zero without being absolutely locked into the date. While the Nationals are being given guarantees the regions will be protected, as well as offered largesse as part of a climate policy deal, they remain suspicious because they feel, as I mentioned David Littleproud before, that they've been dudded in the past. Anthony Albanese is the Federal Opposition Leader. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning. Are you surprised by this stalemate? Well, this is no longer a government. Uh, You have cabinet government in this country, which is the government comes up with a decision... Everyone's locked in to support it, and then you have it announced. What you have here is the National Party uh, pretending that they're not a part of the coalition government. Well, does this government uh, control 76 seats on the floor of the House of Representatives or not? Uh, This is a a bizarre situation uh, whereby... Uh, you have a a clear indication that the Cabinet made a decision last week Mm. and the Deputy Prime Minister of the country is pretending that he's not a part of it. And with Scott Morrison, you see, yet again, a failure to lead. What's the uh, approximate percentage of the National Party vote here in Australia? It's certainly under, what, 10%? Well, it's well under 10%. And the fact is that the country needs to move forward on this. Uh, This is about our economy, not just our environment. And action for climate change will be good for jobs. Mm. It will lower energy prices and make us more efficient. And it will reduce emissions and improve our environment. And you have from from Scott Morrison, it, it, it doesn't matter what the issue, whether it was, uh, you know, I don't hold a hose, mate, during yeah. the bushfires, or it wasn't a race to get uh, vaccinated and to ensure supply of vaccines or to have purpose-built quarantine. And here again, you have an example of just a couple of weeks before the Glasgow conference, uh, the Prime Minister doing too little too late. Barnaby Joyce has uh, said that there'll be no support for any increase in the 2030 target, even though all of the state governments, if you add up, Just add up what they're doing with 50% targets from New South Wales and Victoria, for example. Um, It adds up to much more than 26 to 28% without the federal government doing anything at all. The the concerns from regional areas is what I hear, uh, particularly from nationals. They say they're worried about jobs in regional Australia. Uh, How... Hard has it been to convince Barnaby Joyce, Matt Canavan and others, uh, who I've mentioned, uh, I think it's 4.51% of 
That's how much the national of the vote the nationals have. It's almost like our climate change policy is being held hijacked to a very small minority, but they're very powerful. How can we convince them, Anthony Albanese, that jobs in regional areas like the Hunter, like in North Queensland, these mining communities, can be a part of a, of a greener future with good-paying jobs, low uh, low emissions, and of course, you know, decent electricity prices in the future. Well, the, the national standing against climate change policy is like a, a quill salesman after the printing press has been invented, going around trying to uh, trying to sell their product. Right. And uh, yeah, the world and the business community have moved on, which is why the Business Council of Australia and all of the mineral companies, BHP, Santos, Woodside. All of the big resources companies all support uh, net zero by 2050. Uh, they understand that there are opportunities in the regions. Uh, industries like green hydrogen will grow in the regions. Manufacturing will grow in the regions if we can decrease prices. One of the first visits I went to was to the Rio Tinto uh, aluminium refinery there in Gladstone. I went there as Labor leader. And what they told me was that they wanted to move to solar power if they did. They thought that they could basically double uh, their operations there uh, because it would lower their energy prices. I mean, this isn't isn't rocket science. There is no no ban on building a new coal-fired power station in Australia. The truth is that one hasn't been built under this government or under the previous Labor government because the market has spoken because the cheapest form of new energy is renewable. Well, that's right. And that's where the market's going. And you uh, are going on about manufacturing. We should be, um, you know... um Focusing on our manufacturing capabilities here in Australia, we need to increase our manufacturing uh, sector. We need uh, new jobs in the industry. We need, uh, effectively, to make things here again, Anthony. And the the reason we need to do that is because, obviously, we want to be more self-sufficient, cut out some of these overseas imports we've become so heavily reliant on. But the only way to do that, of course, is by having a, a climate policy that enables us to trade with overseas nations uh, who in turn will be able to obviously take advantage of Australia's increased manufacturing. You can't, we can't have increased manufacturing in this country in the longer term without a climate change policy. That's exactly right. And, and, and it, it makes absolute economic sense. And I want a future made in Australia. We're not resilient enough here. I want us to see us manufacturing trains and buses and other transport infrastructure right here in Australia, not importing uh, trains that don't fit the stations or the wrong gauge in terms of light rail or ferries that don't fit under the Parramatta River Bridge. I want us to make things here. I want us to add high-value manufacturing, and we can do it. Uh, Tritium in southeast Queensland is manufacturing the, the fastest, Uh, electric vehicle charging stations in the world. Australian ingenuity, Australian science, built by Australian workers giving income to Australia. It's uh, it's just bizarre. I I went to last week 
uh, to a, uh, a site in Smithfield, yep. the uh, G. James factory. They make uh, glass and aluminium, essentially, a major employer in Chris Bowen's electorate. They have reduced their power bills by $250,000 a year by moving to, to solar, uh, by making a difference, and that is making them more competitive. Everywhere I go, business gets this, and the National Party and Scott Morrison's government are just dragging the chain here, uh, not only uh, failing to lead, which is what government should do, they're failing to follow. And, and it is just a complete farce that you had yesterday a four-hour meeting with no outcome except that Barnaby Joyce has ruled out any change for 2030. That is, any change while there is any prospect of anyone who's in Parliament now uh, making a difference. We won't be there in 2050. Yeah. All right. Just one final question, just to, to make this as simple as possible. Um, have we become a little lazy? And when I say a little lazy, we've, we've relied on just digging our minerals, coal or otherwise, out of the ground and, and flogging it off overseas, and, and that's just been good enough. You know, we've, we've made money. That'll do. Um, is that what a part of the problem is? Is there a, from the incumbent current government, is there just an unwillingness to perhaps take a, a slight risk for the future because we just rest on our coal mining laurels, if you like? Look, our resources sector has been very important for us. Yeah. And we'll continue to export resources, but we can do so much more. Sure. Doesn't it make more sense where it's possible? to not just dig something out, up, send it overseas, and then buy it back once value has been added. Yeah, right. To value add here. Yeah, absolutely. And we have resources like, like copper, yep. like nickel, like lithium, that are in massive demand, that are increasing in value. We can be a renewable energy superpower for the world. And that's we been the be problem. We can be a high-value manufacturing yeah country we can have such a bright future yeah. but we've got to embrace the future not be terrified of it and you can't value add you can't value add anthony without a strong manufacturing sector and that's been uh, one of the biggest problems and one of the biggest criticisms uh, okay great we've got the, the the minerals and the resources we dig them up we send them overseas and we <laughs> import stuff back because we haven't value added to this important resource. What we need to do is stop sending it overseas, get the stuff out here, manufacture what we can out of it here in Australia, then export it, rather than you know sending it overseas and then importing it into the country at a higher cost. There's no value added there to any Australian. Well, that's right. And, right. and our, our resources will still be exported as well with, with, without value add, adding, but where we can where we can, let's extract the value from it here. Let's have a future made in Australia. Absolutely. All right. Always good to have you on, Anthony. We'll chat soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marcus. A really important conversation, I think, on Australia's future. And it's not just about the climate change argument, whether you're for or against. There's nothing to be alarmist about. It's not as if we're going to shut down our coal industry tomorrow, but we need to have a plan for the future. Otherwise, as I keep mentioning on this program, and it's pretty obvious that we'll be left behind. Uh, my kids and future grandchildren can't, be, can't afford to be left behind. Can yours?